first deal, went out, walked the property, did everything, got the property under contract, right? I was thinking I was going to hit a home run. Got the property under contract for the ARV. Mm, ouch. <laughs> right. And I, and I sent this out to all of these different buyers that I had slowly but surely built up on a buyer's list. And the people were like, dude, you're crazy. What are you doing? You know, this is not a deal. You need to stop, you know, give up. And right, that played with my mindset because I was like, man, you know what? Maybe, I, maybe I'm not cut out for sure. this. Maybe I don't need to do this. And lo and behold, one of the guys pulled me in. They was like, you're not doing it right. Let me show you how to do it. So one of the things that I always tell people from that story is, you know what? You're out there. You're looking for a mentor. You got to bring something to the table, even if it's possibly the wrong thing. Somebody will see that you're putting the work into it. You're putting the action into it and they'll help guide you along your journey. So lo and behold, naturally, that wasn't a deal. But the guy that I work with going forward, you know, we started doing, I think the first year we were doing 40 deals, then 60 deals and so on and so forth. Welcome to another episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. I am Aisham Hipsher and I'm joined by my dude, Mr. Tanner Santucci. What up, bro? What's up, dude? Let's have a good one. Let's get it. And I have a funny feeling we will, guys. After knowing uh, what I know about the guest now, I, I'm super excited to bring uh, this gentleman to uh, the Wholesale Elite fam. And so, guys, look. If you're looking on the screen right now, there may be a gentleman that you may not be too familiar with, you know, uh, because he's a person who's not a part of the essentially the Astro ecosystem. Um, but this guy is a monster when it comes to real estate investing uh, and specifically uh, helps big time with wholesaling and also the fix and flip side of the house. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want to recommend or not recommend. I want to introduce every single person who hasn't met him yet to Mr. Marcus Maloney. Marcus, what's up, sir? What's up, Aisham? What's up, Tanner? Thank you guys for being on the show, man. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Man, it, it, it is, it's our honor to have you on. We, we've been trying to get you on for a little bit, and we, we got you. We had to work with your awesome assistant. Uh, she was phenomenal, by the way. I don't know where you find these people, but she, she was on top of it. She knows her stuff. So shout Thank out you, to your man. assistant. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Jade. I'm a, I'm a big believer, Jade. man, and and making sure I had systems in place because I don't want to work, man. So uh, <laughs> by not working, I make sure I have other people do the work for me. And it costs me a little bit. But guess what? I get to do things like this, be on the show with you guys and don't have to worry about the minutia of the admin part of it. I can just jump on here, have fun with you guys today. Oh, um, man. We, uh, look, we look forward to having that in our business. We're Tanner and I, we're partners uh, and we're, we're somewhat new, you know, in, into the arena. And so we're still at that, that beginning growth where our team's real small, but man, I look forward to really being able to leverage it. And so I'm, I'm going to lean in uh, and probably ask you some, some stuff about that. Cause I, I know you've, you're a, you, you've got expertise in that, but what I also know is you are an expert at virtual at, at doing things virtually. Um, and so guys, we're going to go hardcore into virtual wholesaling and maybe not a lot of tips and, and, and strategies and whatnot, but just mindset around what it takes to be a, an effective uh, virtual 
investor. And so I'm excited to dive into that. But before we get into the nuts and bolts, Marcus, a lot of people may not be familiar with you. Um, so I would, I'd love to go back and, and learn, a, learn a little bit about you and your story. And then I'll probably dig in some more and hopefully I won't make you cry. But I want to I want to learn your origin story, bro. I want I want to learn more about you, like this okay. successful real estate entrepreneur that I have on my screen in front of me. How'd you get here? So start us off. Man, let me let me tell you, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the to the roots, to the foundation, man. Yes. So I'm originally from the Chicagoland area, uh, just just south of Chicago. And what I always like to say is I had the best of both worlds. I had the rural aspect and I had the city. My grandfather, he was from Mississippi, came up, migrated to Illinois, to Chicago. And he was a farm boy, you know, and he grew up, um, had us to grow up as farm boys. So one of the mm -hmm. things that kids always did was, you know, they wanted to be fresh and clean when they get ready to go back to school. Right. They wanted to have that fresh new outfit, fresh new kicks, everything like that. Well, for us, we had to earn that. So it wasn't just, all right, mom, show up, let's go school shopping. We had to invest for our school clothes. So one of wow. the things that we had to do was we had to flip pigs. Yes piglets man ham bacon all of that kind of stuff so we would go to the auction um in this rural town called moments we would go to the auction um and we would buy piglets 10 15 bucks they were about five or six pounds and we had them over the summer and me my cousins my brother we had to stuff our pigs as fat as we can get them because at the end of august at the end of summer we would take them back to the auction so we would spend about 10 15 dollars on this piglet and then by the end of the summer they would be fat and we would get you know two to three hundred dollars for this piglet so we learned at an early age how to buy low and sell high so <sighs> Flipping pigs. Yeah. <laughs> that's new. Awesome. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. That's, that's good. So, so yeah, so that was, that was my origin to get me to understand, you know, the whole process of money, or how to buy low and sell high. Um, and then after that, you know, my mom, she, she's was an entrepreneur. She had a great job with the state of Illinois. She left that job, just walked off that job. She said she wanted to start her own business and that's what she did. And mm. we still have that family business too today. But one of the things that she did was she had bought two houses. One was a fire damage house and one was this old ratty raggedy rental that she had bought. Me and my brother, we looked at it. We said, what the heck are you doing? You know, we, I was 13. No, I was about 11 12 at the time my brother was like 14 15 only thing that we saw was work right because we knew that we was gonna have to be the one clean this stuff out all of that right. right um but at the end of the day she went in and she fixed and flipped these properties now this was back in the late 80s so before fixing flipping was a thing was a word or anything like that she went in there rehab the property, sold one, and then the other one, we still hold today as a rental. So she was ahead of the game. And what I realized was she brought that check from the one that she flipped and showed us. And we was like, wow, you did that in a few months. So that really got us kind of itching, you know, into the real estate. So um, those are two origin stories, right? Yeah. Now, the third, and this is lastly, so I left Illinois. And I moved to Arizona and I was promised a job here in Arizona, um, left the family business, said, I'm going to set out. I'm going to blaze my own path. I'm going to make my own way. And 
the job was rescinded after I got my wife and my three kids here to Arizona. So I was out here. Yes, I was getting a few dollars from the rentals back east, but I had to start all over. And I started all over with the $200 first premier credit card. Anybody listening know anything about First Premier? That means you have terrible credit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's only about 200 bucks, right? Right. <laughs> so I got started with that, man. I learned, and this was 2012. I learned, I listened to Sean Terry, started writing down um, just direct mail letters, handwriting them, sending them out, and got a call on the first deal, went out, walked the property did everything, got the property under contract, right? I was thinking I was going to hit a home run. Got the property under contract for the ARV. Mm, <laughs> right. And I, and I sent this out to all of these different buyers that I had slowly but surely built up on a buyer's list. And the people were like, dude, you're crazy. What are you doing? You know, this is not a deal. You need to stop, you know, give up. And right. That played with my mindset because I was like, man, you know what? Maybe I maybe I'm not cut out. for sure. this. Maybe I don't need to do this. And lo and behold, one of the guys pulled me in. It was like, you're not doing it right. Let me show you how to do it. So one of the things that I always tell people from that story is, you know what, you're out there, you're looking for a mentor, you got to bring something to the table, even if it's possibly the wrong thing. Somebody will see that you're putting the work into it, you're putting the action into it, and they'll help guide you along your journey. So lo and behold, naturally, that wasn't a deal. But the guy that I work with going forward, you know, we started doing, I think the first year we were doing 40 deals, then 60 deals, and so on and so forth. Wow. So I know I I gave you guys quite a bit, but I just wanted to give my background and let everybody know exactly what I had to do in order to get to where I am. And I'm still a a work in progress, man. So this was uh, 11 years ago. You sent your first direct mail piece, you said 2012. Um, And now- you, you sent that direct mail piece and um, you got a deal under contract. You locked it up too high. Uh, you kind of got the wind taken out of your sails at that point. What, yep. like, why didn't you quit? N- not that you should have quit or, or whatever, but I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that when they do come across a roadblock that seems almost impassable, like, gosh, I'm just, I don't think I'm cut out for this. I'm, I'm intimidated. I'm out of my league. What am I doing? Buying properties. I don't even have $10 in my account. Like who am I fooling? How did you, how did you mentally get over that hurdle? You know what, man, there's, there's power and persistence. So one of the things that I did to hold my own self accountable was bigger pockets. Um, this was early on in bigger pockets start. I would just journal and I would just blog every day what I was doing. And it wasn't for the people that was, you know, the readers on bigger pockets. It was actually for me. So I can go back and see, okay, what did I do today? Was today a successful day? And then how can I build on my, my success from yesterday on today and tomorrow going forward? So by doing that, man, it was just that power of persistence. I knew if I didn't give up, man, my, my dad, he was, he's, an immigrant from Panama. So he moved to the States with absolutely nothing. So I always look at him, Ah. you know, as a model. I'm like, dude, if he can come here from another country, not speaking any English and build a family and help my mom build a business, I can do this with, with a few houses. So it was just that power of persistence. 
Wow, that's powerful. And so you said that in your journey, you you were uh, you were journaling essentially with bigger pocket. You were actually writing your daily stuff online, like you were posting it. Yep, every day. Wow. Now, <laughs> were you doing that? I'm so sorry, Tanner. Go ahead. Tanner. No, no, no. I was just going to ask what. So, what were you journaling? Like, what kind I of should... things were you keeping track of? Dude, I was I was keeping track of all of my successes and my failures. So if I sent out, you know, 20 mail pieces, hey, you know what? I sent out 20 mail pieces today and I was just being transparent. I'm not sure if these mail pieces are going to hit where they're supposed to go. I don't know if the verbiage I have on them are right. But guess what? I'm going to let you guys know, you know, in a week if I get any response from anybody. And that was before you know, direct mail was really, really big. Right. So I could send out, you know, 50, 100 pieces and I would get some responses. So once I got those responses, then I would journal and tell people how the conversations went, you know, where I messed up on the conversations, what I did good with the conversation. So it was just letting people know that, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. So if you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> let's not know together, but let's Absolutely. just start making a way. Yeah, absolutely. It. Dude, I love that. I, I think that's so powerful. And, you know, you, you named it, you said there's power and persistence. Um, but, you know, not only persistence, you, you threw yourself into an uncomfortable situation. You know, I don't think most people would have reached out to the number one real estate forum and said, Hey, I'm, I'm getting started and I'm going to, I'm going to use you guys as my accountability partners. You know, yeah. I'm going to start journaling here. Um, that's a pretty scary thing to do. Where did that come from? Have you always been that way to where you just kind of throw yourself into things or did you acquire that over time? You know what? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a do or die guy, man. I'm, I'm either, I'm going to go hard and do it all the way, or I'm not going to do it at all. You know, um, I have an addictive personality and I'm addicted to, accomplishing things that I set out to do. So if I write something on a piece of paper, I'm going to make sure I do that. I'm a trustworthy person. So, um, and I'm a loyal person. So I say, you know what? The first person to be loyal to is to myself, you know, outside of God, I'm, I'm loyal to myself. So if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to hold myself accountable to make sure I get it done. So, but that, but on the back end, that's hard for me to work with some people right. because I'm loyal. I'm expecting reciprocity and they may not be as loyal. So a lot of times my partnerships don't work out, but I have to, I have to honor that and understand that, that, Hey, I may be a little bit more loyal than this next person. So sometimes I have to be reserved sure. and pull myself back. That's, that's really good insight. Um, well, let, let me ask that because it kind of begs the question because I know, and we'll, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to this later, but I know that you, you've got students, you've got a, a gang of people that you've brought up and shown how to do this. And I'm, I'm quite sure that not all your students have that go-getter personality like you do, you know what I mean? Where they're just, they're just all in and they're ready to go get it. So to a person that has that personality, because, you know, a lot of times we hear stories from successful people and we try to relate, but we can't. And we, we, we think, oh, it's because I don't, I'm not like them, you know? So I, for the people that don't have that just go-getter, that killer mentality, what do they need to know or understand in order to get to the same levels of success that you've gotten to? You know what? The main thing is just to be honest with themselves. You know, uh, if they, if they know that they're not going to work, you know, 15, 20 hours or, you know, 12 hours a day, just be honest with yourself and say, you know what? That's just not me. 
I'm not cut like Marcus. I'm not cut from the same cloth, but I know that I can do six hours consistently. So what I always tell our students is you got a time block. You got a time block. And once you understand, okay, these are the three most important things that I want to get done today. As long as I get these three things done today, my day was a success. No matter if it took me three hours, if it took me six hours, or if it took me an hour, as long as I get these high priority tasks done, then my day was a success. Because what we tend to do as entrepreneurs mm. is we always tend to go on to the next thing. All right, I got this done. What's next? All right, what's next? We, we, we used to just checking things off and we gauge our level of success by how many things we check off. But sometimes what do we always do? We start with the easiest things first, right? <laughs> and then that oh, way yeah. we look back and we'd be like, yeah, we got 20 things done today, but they're all, you know, minuscule things. But if you work on those first three things, the hardest things first, and you get those done, now you can look back and say, okay, you know what? I only worked three hours today, but the most important things I wanted to get done I got done. So my day was actually a success. Wow. Oh, that's so good. I'm and thank you for that reminder, man. Cause I, I, I would like to say maybe like, like a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, I suffer from ADHD or ADD or whatever it's called. And, um, you know, Tanner and I were just talking not too long ago about how, man, I really need to get better at time blocking, you know, admittedly. Um, and, and to hear you say that, you know, sometimes, there's a there's a there's a saying that I heard a long time ago, and I love this. I'll, I'll throw it out your way. And I, I know this yep. is this interview is 100 percent about you, but I just want to share this. Um, you know, the, the riddle was, what do you brush your teeth with, wash your face, face with and comb your hair with? And people will sit and like just really think about that. They're like, what do you brush your teeth with, with wash your hair with and comb or wash your face with and comb your hair with. And you're like, okay. You know, you try and think of all these different scenarios and solutions. And it's like, well, you brush your teeth with a toothbrush, you wash your face with a washcloth and you comb your hair with a comb. The mm -hmm. answer is so simple. It's right in front of you a lot of times, but our natural brain is the, you know, our instinct is to overcomplicate. It's gotta be yep. harder than this. You know, yep. there's gotta yep. be more to it. And so when you say just to keep things simple, um, I heard that and, I feel like I believed it finally, because I always have this feeling that like three things, you know, I've heard so many people say, just have a top three list, do these three things today and you're good. And I'm like, as an entrepreneur, I'm like, I feel like I need way more than three. And so I write down this list of 12 and I only end up doing three and I feel terrible about myself. And so, <laughs> you know, why don't you just, you know, designate the three right up front, the most important things. And if those get done, then your days of success, everything else yeah. is, is cherry. So thank you. Thank you for that nugget, man. That's huge. Well, you know what I do? And, 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 and I do suffer from that. You know, you have a list of 12, 20 things that you want to do. So on Sunday evenings, you know, about five or six o'clock, I sit down and I just take in half an hour and I grab a notepad or my iPad and I jot down all of the things that I want to get done for the week. Right. It could be 20 things. Now I prioritize those things. What are the top three? What are, you know, four through seven? What's eight through 10? You know, what's 11 through 14 or 11 through 15 that I want to get done. And then I set up, okay, my one through three Monday. These are my three rocks that I want to get done. You know, four through seven Tuesday. These are the three things that I want to get done. So I'm actually getting mm. all 12 of them done, but they're just being done over the week. And what we do as entrepreneurs, we 
jot down 12 things and we like, you know what? I got to get all 12 done. All priority. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then you find yourself scrambling. And then at the end of the day, you feel like what? I didn't get anything done. Man. So by by time blocking and prioritization, you know, you'll, you'll have a much more rewarding day and week, you know, as, as a real estate investor. Absolutely. Well, I, we're, we're definitely going to pivot into the virtual because I, I really want to yep. kind of, you know, pick your brain on that. But before I, I want to ask you one quick question, what, what doubts did you face while building your real estate career and, and how did you overcome them? Dude, if you guys are, are listening at the podcast, but if you're watching it on YouTube, I'm shaking my head because I had plenty doubts, <laughs> you know, tons of doubts, you know what? Um, what doubts did I have? Man, every time somebody showed a check on Instagram or Facebook saying, hey, you know what? I closed 50, you know, a $5,000 check. I would always question myself, you know, man, am I smart enough to do this? What are they doing that I'm not doing? You know, so it was always comparing. And then I learned this quote and it was uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Once mm. I understood that quote, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to let me compare myself to someone else steal my joy. Only thing I have to do is reward them, applaud them for them getting their first deal or their next deal. Let me work even harder to try and get mine. Um, so, man, it was so many doubts that I had. I, you know what? I just, it's too many. <laughs> you know, oh, so you guys that are, that are out there listening and you're going through that phase of doubt. You just got to have that belief and know, you know, I'm a strong believer in prayer. I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. I do my praying and meditation that sets my day frame for the day. And I'd see if I don't do that, man, I'm completely off, off. completely off. So um, just find some time guys to uh, set aside that, that alone time with you and yourself. I think one of the biggest fears that that people face uh, just from talking with people, from interviews and whatnot, it seems a common a common um, f- fear or concern or a doubt that most people had is um, like imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Feeling that they're worthy to to be on the phone with a person who owns that such and such property or this yep. this amount of properties and whatnot. Um, did you ever deal with that imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely did that. Even when me and my partner was starting our um, deal finders club, it was like, who am I to sit here and try and teach somebody? You know, mm. I still face that after, you know, I've done hundreds of deals, closed many transactions, I have a real estate portfolio, all of this kind of stuff. But still, you know, you're like, am I really the person that need to be teaching someone this, you know, and then I had to get over that and I had to overcome that and say, you know what? Yeah, you are qualified to do it. You're qualified to do it and you just need to get out there and do it and get out of your own way. I don't want to belabor this too much, but I mean, that's, that's beautiful. And, and you see markets to have a beautiful way of simplifying really complex stuff. And so I, I, I don't want to gloss over that. I want to dig in a little bit more. Um, okay. So, so when you were, um, in that zone. And you said you, you realized, you know, so that means at some point you didn't realize, can can you recall where you were at mentally or was it a book or was it a mentor? What was it that shook you out of that? I'm not good enough to now. And I know you said it, you know, it comes in waves. Mm -hmm. There's still times, but I would 
dare to say you're way more confident now than you were then. Uh, can you recall back to like maybe a single instance uh, that that happened that gave you that courage to just push through and, and continue to say, you know what, I am worth it? You know what? It was actually it wasn't me, man. It was my wife. You know, wow. she 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 spent a lot of time with me because I went through a lot you know, as a youngster and, and, and a lot of those things that happened back then, it, you know, it still leaves residue no matter how old you get. And that's why I would always spend time in prayers because, you know, a lot of that, that residue, you know, transferred over. So like I said earlier, my dad, he was an Im immigrant from Panama and his whole thing was, he would always tell me and my brother, you know, this is the land of opportunity. There's so much opportunity right. here. Why are you not taking advantage of this opportunity? Are you dumb or something? Right? Mm. So I would constantly hear that. Are you dumb or something? Are you dumb or something? And he wasn't saying it really to belittle me, but the way I received it was, man, I must be dumb. Sure. You know, if, I, if I'm not yep. seeing this opportunity and I went and got bachelor's degrees and master's degrees and everything like that. Mm. And that imposter syndrome still come up sometimes and be like, man, I don't know if you can do this. You, you may not be smart enough to do this. You know, so now I'm starting to transition over into larger multifamilies and it still comes up and mm. I have to battle that and I have to fight against that to say, you know what? You've overcome some so much. You accomplished so much. Just start appreciating what you accomplished and now work towards the next goal. So if it was one singular incident, you know, I can't I really can't say, but you know, it would just took a lot of help from from my wife coaching me along the way. So man, that's gosh, that's so powerful. Yeah, and yeah. I could, you know, not only having it come from, you know, a mentor or a coach to have it come from your spouse. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm sure those of you, especially those of you who don't have supportive spouses, I mean, imagine not only your spouse being supportive, but they're them, um, them coaching you, you know, them yeah. helping you overcome mental hurdles that you're at. Cause man, it's real easy to see the challenges in other people, especially people you're close to, but it's hard to see the challenges in yourself. And if you're open enough and you display yourself as open enough to being okay with receiving feedback or criticism, then, then that's powerful. And so I couldn't, man, that, that's, that's awesome. So shout out to your wife, uh, Ms. Maloney, for, uh, for doing that. Man, that's good. Well, okay, let's turn the page. Let, let's, let's talk virtual because you're yep. an expert. This, this, is, this is your field. Uh, Tanner and I, so I, our market is in Florida. Um, you don't okay. know this, but we, we wholesale land, um, land only in Florida. I live in Alaska. Tanner lives in Oklahoma. Um, okay. so we, we had to essentially do it virtually. And when I first got started, I, I honestly thought everyone was doing it virtually. Like it just, it just made sense that of course, if you're going to do real estate investing in this wholesale strategy, you can do it anywhere. You can, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then yep. I started, you know, once I got in, I'm like, oh no, you need to pick a market. And then once I really got in, I'm like, man, it is like, I started looking at people that lived in their market thinking, gosh, you're so lucky. Like yep. you can just drive over to the property and this and that. And I've been pulling my hair out of my head and but then as I really progressed throughout my virtual wholesaling career, I realized that, oh my God, I have the freedom. 
I can, I can do this business anywhere. My wife's active duty military. So we're about to move from Alaska to another state. Um, my mm. business isn't going to stop. So it's not right. going to hurt, hurt me at all. So how did you get into virtual wholesaling? Cause you, you live in one of the best areas right now for real estate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shout out, shout out to my wife again. I have to, hey. I have to give her kudos for that. So was doing deals here in the Phoenix market, you know, working as you guys know, Phoenix is like the hub is real estate central wholesale oh, yeah. central fix and flip central, oh, yeah. you know, so all of those guys, Jamil Pace, Justin Colby, you know, all of those guys, you know, I've done deals, you know, with the majority of them. So one day, uh, it was like the market was just so, so difficult. And it was like the cost that I was spending per lead just jumped astronomically, right? And then I would always post on social media. And that's what I always tell people is, you know, even if you haven't done a deal, just let people know, hey, I'm transitioning from one career over to this next career, you know, follow my journey. I'm I'm always a follow my journey guy, right? Absolutely. I was posting that and my wife's best friend actually reached out to her and was like, Hey, you know what? My mom, she passed away a couple of years ago and I've been using the house, just been letting somebody live there. A a friend of hers lived there, but I want to sell it. You know, do you, you think your husband can help me? And at first I was skeptical. I was like, man, if this deal goes south, you know, my wife's best friend, I don't know how this is, you know, I'm starting to get all of these negative thoughts. Right. So I said, you know what, what the hell, let's try it. You know, and I told her, I was transparent up front. I said, look, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to try and find you a buyer. What's your net number that you want to take away with? She gave me that net number. I said, okay, well, let me go out here and let me try and find you a buyer. So out networking, had somebody to take pictures, everything like that. And lo and behold, I networked with another guy that, did dispositions. He was like, Hey man, you know what? Let's connect. I think I can help you move this deal and let's work on it. We was able to get that deal done. And I made like 18 grand on that one deal. I was like, you know what? If I could do it with that one, I can do this, you know, quite often. And the main thing was just making sure I had communication with somebody in that market. And then that's, that's what I started doing. So, um, being here in Phoenix, I started doing deals in Chicago. I built up a network in Chicago of realtors, contractors, um, man, boots on the ground, other wholesalers that I started working with. And we just, I just leaned into that market really, really heavy. And we just started doing tons of deals there. And then I had an epiphany, right? I said, you know what, instead of me wholesaling a lot of these deals, why don't I try, because I'm always trying to challenge myself. I said, why don't you try and fix and flip one of these deals from Phoenix? See if you can do it, right? Uh, <laughs> nice. So, um, I was, was, was your wife supportive about this decision or did she not know? You know what, she, she, she was supportive. She was like, go ahead, do it, try it. That's Let's awesome. see what happens, right? So um, I had a money partner in memphis so just to give the the ground the foundation i'm in phoenix my acquisition guy is in houston texas um my disposition guy is in orlando florida um my money guy was in memphis tennessee so i had to put all of this together right and make it all fit and mold and um i flew out there one time just to just to walk the property um 
Oh, and let me let me go back. Actually, my wife was a part of this deal because this was actually during COVID. And I put a challenge out to my students and to my YouTube channel. I said, I am going to help my wife close a deal before, you know, within three months. And we did a text campaign. I show her how to do a text campaign. And then lo and behold, we got a call. This lady, mom passed away, yada, 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 the whole story, right? So right. Um, had boots on the ground, go and take a look at the property, looked at it. The property was solid. Um, one, of, one of the guys that I used to go to church with, he was a contractor in that market, said, go over there, tell me what the scope of work is going to be, how much it's going to cost. Um, once you get that, then that, that's going to help me determine if I'm going to fly there and take a look at it. So this is my first one. Flew there, took a look at it. I was like, man, you know what? We're getting this. We got the property for 90. The ARV was like 280. And he said he could do the rehab for about 65, 70. It's like, oh, you know what? This is a no brainer. You know, let's do this all day. So I called the money partner and he was like, I said, look, here's the pictures. Here's my uh, pro forma and scope of work and everything like that. And I think we can get this property done, you know, in a matter of four to five months. He agreed, gave the green light, no money out of pocket, guys. Absolutely not a dime out of pocket. He furnished the acquisition costs and all of the rehab. So at the end wow. of the day, we walked away with $90,000 on a project and we didn't have to put any of our own money into that deal. That's incredible. So <laughs> yeah, once I understood, okay, wow, you know what? I can virtually fix and flip. So then I started building a model around that. We already had the foundation in place. I just needed to make sure I had quality boots on the ground. So I started working with different realtors and I said, Hey, you know what? If you walk this property and I take it down, you got two options. I can pass the lead over to you if we don't buy it so you can get a listing agreement. So that's right. one way to get paid. Two is if I do take it down, you manage the rehab, I'll give you more than the standard 3% commission on a job. So that's two ways to get paid. And then the third was if I just traditionally wholesale a deal, I'll give you a portion of the wholesale fee. So that gave them um, umph to get out there, walk properties, look at deals and everything like that for us. So we built a team with one of the um, one of the most successful realtors and brokerages in the Chicago land market and just been running deals with them ever since. Oh my goodness. Now. Um, okay. So, so for those who are either considering getting into virtual um, or maybe just got, got started, maybe they're, they're struggling a little bit. What do you say is one of the most important things to consider when, when choosing to build your business virtually? Um, structure, having that system in place. Um, that's, that's most important. You got to have the system and you have to have the team and you have to make sure that that team respects the system that you built. What because, if it's just for, sorry to interrupt, man. Mm -hmm. what, what if it's just for wholesaling though and not fix and flipping? What if, as a same wholesaler thing. before? Okay. Same thing, even with wholesaling. So if I'm doing a deal, you know, in another market, let's just say if I'm doing a deal in Florida, okay, I'm going to build my, my system around, okay, how am I going to do my marketing? Who's going to do the inbound or outbound, take the inbound or outbound leads, 
then who am I going to have to walk that property or what system am I going to have in order to get pictures and how am I going to pull comps? And then how am I going to build that buyer's list? So it's building that system. Once you build that system, then you have each component that's in that system. If it's a realtor, if it's an acquisition manager, if it's boots on the ground, whoever it is, they have to honor that system because your metrics can only dictate what the people are doing within that system. Right. So if you know, hey, you know what, per out of, you know, every 80th lead is a deal. You have to make sure that each person on your team understands that these are the metrics that we go by. And if that metric gets skewed, it's either a person problem or it's a system problem. And I know my system, so it's not a system. So I just have to identify where the leakage is on the team, what person it is, and either you know, remove them from the team or have that tough conversation or put somebody else in that spot. Got you. Do you recommend, so, so uh, back to the, you know, wholesalers getting started, maybe they don't have a lot of money and they're, they're hearing you say this and they're like, that's great, Marcus, but I don't have a lot of money to invest in a team. Like, I don't even know how to train people and how to do all this. Like, where do, where do I get started? Man, you get started. If, if, if you're virtual, if it so is or virtual getting started, or if it's just local getting started, uh, virtual. I want to do okay. it virtually. I live in in BFE Montana. <laughs> okay, okay. If it's virtual, one of the things you want to find out is do they have a RIA in that market, a real estate investors association? Mm. If they do, do they have virtual events? Okay, because you want to be able to network as much as possible. Cause that's how you're going to build your team. You're going to know you, you, you don't know anybody in BF Montana. So you got to get to know somebody in BF Montana. So where do you do that? You want to do be a part of all the networking events virtually. So if it's, you know, the local RIA, if it's meetup groups, that's local, or if it's Facebook groups to that market, you want to be in there. You want to ask questions. You want to respond to questions. You mm. want to make yourself known to that community, even though you're from Alaska. Hey, you know what? I'm from Alaska. I'm looking at possibly doing deals, you know, in BF Montana. You know, what do I need to do? What do I need to look out for? Who are the real players in the market? Who should I talk to? Who should I get connected with? You know, and you just start building your network like that. Perfect. Uh, okay. So say I'm, I'm in BF Montana and the market that I pick is um, Tucson for some random reason. <laughs> yep, yep. I pick Tucson and I look it up and I, and you know, I, I hear Marcus's advice. I look it up. I, I don't see any virtual meetups. You know, there's a Facebook group. Sure. But there's like a billion people in there. Like, how am I going to get noticed? Um, what is your insight to that person who's coming to you, Marcus, as a, as a coaching student saying, Hey, help, what do I do? Okay. So now if you, you speak in specifically Tucson, I got a cheat code for that. Um, Uh-oh. I'm with, I'm with <laughs> one of the largest RIAs in the country as Rhea, which, you know, <laughs> Arizona, and we cover the whole state. So I know everything that's going on in, in the state of Arizona, but let's just use a different, different city or state or something like that. Yeah. Let's, let's go with Austin, Texas. Okay. Austin, Texas. I don't know anything about Austin, Texas. <laughs> the only thing I know is hook them horns, you know, hey, you, right. 
<laughs> so one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm going to start contacting all of the real, uh, realtors. So the first mm. thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go on MLS or I'm going to go on Zillow or Redfin and I'm going to look at all of the properties that was recently fixed and flipped. How am I going to know that they were fixed and flips? Well, you can look at you can look at, you know, the finishes, the finish work and everything like that. If you scroll all the way down at the bottom, it will say who's the realtor, you know, that's um, who's the seller's agent. You can contact that seller's agent and say, hey, you know what? It looked like this property at 123 Main Street was a fix and flip. You're representing the seller, correct? Now, your seller, does he do, you know, quite a few deals, you know, and what, what city did we say? Austin. Austin. Okay. Do, do he do a lot of transactions in Austin? Um, if so, you know, I would love to be in touch with him because I'm a, ver I'm a, I'm a wholesaler from another market. We're doing some innovative marketing strategies there in Austin. And I would love to be able to pass some deals off to him. And guess what? That'll help you also, because if he get the deal, fix and flip it, you're going to be the listing agent because you put me in contact with that person. That's, That's something that we can that we can do. No agent is going to turn that down because they sure. want another lead flow. And you can do that with every property that you see that was recent, recently fixed and flipped. And now you're starting to build that network. I love That's what you're saying because um, it's I can speak uh, personally because when I first started wholesaling, um, or I guess I should say when I started doing virtual, I was my market was Indianapolis. No clue what I was doing. And I utilized the two strategies that you spoke on. And so I can speak on that. What Marcus is saying is super effective because the two ways that I got my first deal virtually within the first month of doing it was connecting on Facebook groups and reaching out to local agents of people of agents that sold flips. And so I know exactly what Marcus is saying is it a hundred percent works. So if you're wondering what's the first few action steps you should take in a virtual market, do exactly what Marcus is saying. And I, I promise you it's going to work. Yep. I can't promise you to take a month, maybe a little <laughs> longer, but it yep. worked. And I'm going to give you a third, right? Um, so we talked about Facebook groups, social media, things like that. And we talked about um, local meetups. That was two, three. We talked about agents. Number four is contact the title companies. Hmm. You know, the title companies, their main perspective is to close transactions. So they want the, the volume of transactions. So if you contact title company. This was one of the things that I did when I first, when I first got started, contacted the title company and said, Hey, you know what? This is what I'm looking at doing. First of all, are you an investor friendly title company? And they said, well, what do you mean by that? You know, do you work with fix and flippers? Do you do assignment transactions? Do you do double closes? Things like that. If they say yes, then my next question is, okay, do you have a marketing department? Because I would like to speak to who's over that marketing department. And the reason why I'm doing that is because they will be able to pull a list of all of the recent cash transactions, you know, and they will be able to provide that list to you for free. Yes, I know there's there's tools out there like PropStream and Batch Leads and everything like that. But if you have little to no money, that's what I would suggest. Contact the title companies. They'll provide that list for you. Man. That's gold. Uh, guys, look, so here's the deal. Marcus, uh, he, you mentioned it earlier, um, uh, DFC, Deal Finders yep. Club. Um, I, 
And guys, I, I don't want to turn this into a pitch fest, and I know Marcus doesn't want that either. But I, I, I yeah. have to say, clearly Marcus knows his stuff. He does. And he's an above-board wholesale. You've heard him mention when you're calling out to people, and it, it, he didn't even make note of it. He just said it in his words. So that's how you can tell it's, it's innately in him. He said, he mentioned wholesale. I'm a wholesaler mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Like, he didn't run from it. He didn't say, I'm looking for my next flip. You know, it, it, which, which is fine. You know, if you yep, truly, yep. really believe that and you really are and, and you've got access to private money, you could say stuff like that. But it just, gosh, it's just so freeing being honest. And so I, I know for a fact that in the Deal Finders Club, it's full, like it, it's, it's not an ongoing lifelong thing like like we are you know like we're part of an astro um and so guys if you're looking to learn more about virtual wholesaling and and just in virtual fix and flipping like you're ready to get to that next level um reach out to marcus uh, marcus how can people learn more about deal finders club they can go to azdfc.com that's az for arizona and dfc dealfindersclub.com and you know what it's not just me actually for a little bit of money, you're going to get three mentors. You're going to get me, who's been doing this for a decade. My partner, Mike, who's over the um, largest RIA in the country, as RIA. And then we have Brandon Simmons. Not sure if you guys remember Sean Terry. Oh, yeah. Sean Terry, Brandon Simmons was the famil- fulfillment guy of all of Brian. Uh, sorry, all of Sean Terry. Right. So he did all of his acquisitions. So Brandon Simmons will be working with us. Also, we just finished a two day workshop and we go over from nuts to bolts, from accountability and mindset starting all the way to, you know, looking at your hood, making sure that there is no mix ups on your hood and you know how much you're going to get paid at the closing table. So do all of that, man. And again, no pitching here. If you want to go, check it out. You can go to azdfc.com. We would love to have you. You know what? If you want some free content, you can just go to my my, uh, website, marcusemaloney.com. You can get 15-minute free consultation with me. Yes, just like you're listening. You can talk to me personally. It's not a rep or anyone else. As you can see, I love talking this stuff. So a lot of times that 15 minutes turns into 45 minutes. (laughs) And I have to cut myself off and say, no, honor your your agreement um but yeah just go to marcusemaloney.com everything that your listener needs um absolutely absolutely well guys marcus e marcus e as an echo marcusemaloney.com uh azdfc um guys check them out we're gonna have all this stuff in, in the in the links and the show notes and the whatever description and all that stuff so we you will definitely be able to just scroll up or down and, and click on something to get access to marcus really quickly marcus how can people find you and do like where are you doing deals at how can people get in touch with you man all over you got instagram mrcs maloney um facebook mrcs maloney my youtube channel mrcs maloney i go live on saturdays on youtube uh, my partner mike he go lives on Instagram every day at 12 o'clock and we're just answering questions. You know, we're not selling anything. We're just answering uh, questions. So you can look up Mike, Mike Dale Preet on Instagram and um, yeah, you'll, you'll see him. He have a We Heart Houses hat on and uh, yeah, just been doing deals, man. That's, that's it. 
That's incredible. Well, Marcus, I, I know you've got to run, man. You're a super busy guy and we're, we're approaching that hard out time. So man, my brother, thank you so, so much for, for coming to the Wholesale Elite podcast, for joining the family, for, for pouring into us. And guys, I, I just hope that you reciprocate you know, the, the good that, that Marcus has done and, and maybe go find some of his content and share it, um, look into it, you know, go, go on his YouTube and give him some likes and, and subscribe or, or make a comment. Just go put good karma into the world and your business will be blessed. I promise that's how it works. And so Marcus, bro, thank you so much for all your time, for all you shared. We're super grateful for you, man. Thank you guys, man. Much success. I'll be praying for you guys that you guys accelerate, you know, the rest of the year and that you guys continue to do big things. I'll be watching you guys. Amen. Amen. Guys, we want you to be right there where Marcus is and that little square on the screen or, or that voice in your ear. We want to hear your story. So go out there, hustle, get it done. And then we'll have you on the next episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. Until then, peace. Thanks, guys. What up, Elite fam? That's a wrap for today's episode. But look, if you got value out of the show today, do us a huge favor and give us a review or give us a like or subscribe. Do all the things to help us get the word out there. And look, we want to see you on the next show. So get out there and crush it, make it happen. Stay tuned for the next episode. Peace.